to another episode of The Real Paw Show, where artists share their heart about their passion for what they do. Take a moment to look over the episode's description to familiarize yourself with available links as they will be mentioned throughout the podcast. And now, here's your host, Paul Weiss. Hello, y'all. Today, I'm interviewing Michael. Michael tells us about his passion for music and what it does for him. I hope you enjoy. So, Michael, tell us a little bit about yourself before we get started here. So, just so you know, I'm from the island of Newfoundland. Uh, <laughs> Newfoundland has a very Irish accent uh, or similar Irish accent to Ireland. <laughs> there was a man over in Ireland that said, you know, what? my accent's not that good. And he threw it across the sea, and a Newfoundlander picked it up and said, I'll buy it, I'll take it, and we got stuck with it. <laughs> That's pretty cool. I didn't realize that the Newfie accent was derived from the Irish accent. That's interesting to know. Now, I met Michael here on TikTok through uh, another Newfie friend, and... I looked through his content and I saw his videos and they were really good. So I instantly wanted to get him on the show because I I liked his music. I liked his passion behind his videos. And in regards to my videos, the ones that I've been putting up, actually yesterday mentioning music to me and that you're interested and you liked my music. First of all, I'm so self-conscious that things like that just make me really excited. Just you saying that, I think I put up five songs yesterday. Awesome. I love that. (laughs) That makes me so happy. I love it. Now on this show, Michael, I have three questions that I like to ask my guests. So the first question is, what drew you to music? The whole surrounding of that. Who drew you into music and what was it at that time that really pulled you into it? I was born into music actually. So my father was an American soldier. My mother was Canadian. They married in Newfoundland. He fought in Vietnam and he got PTSD from us. He had to separate and go back to the U.S. for, I guess, you know, for treatments and things like that. It was better situated for him. So my mother and my sister, we moved in with our, my grandmother who's from Scotland she is a piano player so i grew up from seven months from then till you know 22 in a house with a scottish grandmother who sang and played piano all day in her earlier years where i live in a town and it's uh, 2000 people back in the probably 40s or 50s she was the town entertainer at the local hotel for new years and it would just be her and an upright piano so initially that's where, you know, music came from. It's my grandmother, my variety of family, close cousins that uh, sing, some sing professionally, not television professionally, but they do it for a living. When I was about six years old, there's a song in Newfoundland called The Rubber Boots. I remember that my grandmother would have me sing this song to every living soul that walked into the house. You know, mm-hmm. Michael, sing your song, Rubber Boots. And it's just a really, uh, it's a Newfoundland song. You know, it's folk. <laughs> Looking back at it now, I laugh, right? But that was my first on stage in front of people was uh, 
at six years old, music fairly much faded as I was a child growing up because I was focused uh, more on running around and riding, you know, pedal bikes. I guess we chased girls. But at 13 years old, music really came back to me through, I had a cousin that was living with me, my sister, my mom and my nan, and an older cousin, my mom's sister's son who was living with us. And he was really into country music and Garth Brooks. And when I was 13, he introduced me to Garth Brooks and he said, you got to watch this concert. I totally fell in love with Garth Brooks and I idolized him. And I was like, oh, I was singing the dance. I was singing it like in Garth Brooks's. I, I was singing it with just like I lived with a Texas accent all my life or sorry, Oklahoma for Garth Brooks. You know what? I, I remember doing karaoke at 15. So Garth Brooks really got me started. My cousin got me into that. And then six months later, I got a guitar, started playing just all Garth Brooks. And at 15, I went to cadet camp here in Canada. It was one of the things they had karaoke. And I, did up and I got up and I did Garth Brooks and I just knocked the house out at 15 years old. Music just grew. Of course, anything that makes your heart swell like that and mm-hmm. you do it and you feel something, you know, that's where this passion comes from. So from there, I would just always play guitar just around the house. I do not play anywhere locally. I liked about your podcast, it's all levels of musicians. I -hmm. could go out on a stage and play if I wanted to. To me, that is, maybe that'll become a need when I write that song. Do you know what I mean? But right right now I'm just doing covers, you know? But I want to do those covers with justice or with feeling. I hear that. That's that's very important to have feeling in the music. Have you played in public? I have played plenty of concerts, you know, like it was a Christmas concert. It was more of like a variety thing. It was in a local production studio down in Argentia. They needed people to go down there and perform. I went down there and performed live their shows, a couple of shows for them. I've been on local stages here, taking part in any community. Not in a long time, but I have in the past. So yeah, I mean, it's not like I've never sang in public, but right. Uh, and the last time I've sang in public, it was the old me, that old country kind of guy. What does music do for you? What is it that you get out of playing music or singing? What do you feel inside? What does it do for you? It's just a release of emotion of self. Like some people can paint. Some people can draw anything that's an art that you do it's the emotion that you put into it that's what i try to do in my songs that's why i don't like to keep a song identical to what it was or where i got it from because i like to make it how does this song make me feel then pouring myself into that it allows me to escape to get that oh that's what i needed from my music today yeah the safe place yes that's what i needed today when I say that the music is crying to get out of me, when I sing, I'm releasing something, but the cry has not been released and it won't be until I finish a song I'm writing. Once I have that, that's what I want to vocalize. Music has evolved in me to where I'm more, I love any song that has a meaning. So I don't care where the music comes from, as long as that music has depth to it. And with, for music to have depth, It's not just the lyrics, right? It's the melody sometimes. The melody is the depth. Because you can hear a song that you can put any words to and you're still going to love this song, right? Yeah. I mean, like for me, it's the same thing. Like I mentioned, you know, I come home from work, I sit down and I play. And honestly, for the release Broken Resolution that I did, it 
was very much the same way. Even though it was over 25 years ago, I was just sitting down and recording. And the thing about that particular piece is that I didn't know how else to handle the anger or the frustration or the sadness that was happening in my life at that point. And one of my other friends who I interviewed very, very first podcast I did, she said something that ignited this phrase that I use now. And it's music says what words cannot. And that is what I get from you as well. You put your heart and soul into putting this music out when you say that this music is crying to get out of me, that's what I feel. That's what I hear is that you're putting into the music, which you can't speak clearly and put into a poetic way of saying it necessarily. And that's the beautiful thing about it. You're a creative person, man. Boy, you're in trouble sometime, you know, when you got music though, you have, you have a way to get some of that because you're so creative. So many thoughts, so many, like a lot of people be like, wow, you're so silly, man, to think of all of the, all of these thoughts, even the things you say as a joke. And I'm like, it, it just pops into my head. And yeah. to be able to take some of that and channel it into music is uh, what is the yin and the yang, right? It's a little good in everything. Even the bad, there's a little good in it. Mm-hmm. It helps feed me. None of my written material is online. I was just doing TikTok covers. And I'm really sort of, I think I'm still trying to develop who I am. I'm definitely not there yet. I just know that... Uh, if I tried to stop, I could not stop. And if I was forced from stopping it, put somewhere where I could not touch music, I would develop a, a mental condition. I'm telling you, if anybody that has a passion, a passion is something that's true, right? A passion, think of it, right. what, what passion means. So if something's a passion, you can't give it up. You may delay it for an amount of time. Unless there's anything physically restraining me, being locked in some prison somewhere, uh, I will do music. Right. Passion is one of the major factors that I look for on TikTok as I scroll down the For You page. I look for the passionate music artists that they're connected with what they're playing. You see it in their eyes. You see it in their expression. You see just in their their body language as they're playing. It's so healing to listen to someone who is connected like that when they play, because it's a connection with that person that you get. Justin Fustenfeld, if you ever listen to the song Fear by Blue October, listen to him do it. Like you lock into him and you are feeling his, if that's an empath strength that we do that, I don't know, but I really lock into him singing that man. I can feel mm-hmm. what he's singing. And that's why I like to, I like to portray in mind, the thing is, is I'm so insecure that I just don't know if, I mean, you said you've seen it and you wanted to talk to me. So, I mean, that was just, that was just so uplifting. So I'm like, probably I'm doing something, but. Oh, uh, you are definitely, you are. <laughs> and yeah. I mean, like I said, just the phraseology that you used when you commented about the, you just have this music crying to get out. It's like, there, there, there's no way that someone who is not a sincere Artist would, would use the phrase. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We'll be right back after the break. 
to record a question or comment to possibly be aired on a future podcast. Just click the message link in the description of this episode or visit the Real Paul Show podcast on Anchor FM. If you enjoyed what you heard here, please consider supporting the podcast with a monthly contribution. To contribute, just click the link in the description of this episode or visit The Real Paul Show on Anchor FM. Need a fresh new haircut? Check out The Shop, located in Lehigh Acres, Florida. That's The Shop, D-A-S-H-O-P. Check them out on Google. Welcome back to the rest of the story. Okay, so now for the third and final question of the script. Where do you see music taking you? Or where would you like it to take you? Music is very intimate. So as long as music is always a part of me, I'll always be happy and grateful just to have it. Uh, even if it's a sing to my kids or my grandkids or even to myself or my wife, I would, of course, with my content on TikTok, you know, like I said, uh, probably it's just because the algorithm is not sharing it outright or not. It makes me think almost like, God, it's bad, you know, 100 views, yeah. six likes. But then I read somewhere 100 views and four likes is considered normal. But when people are commenting on your music, it just, it swells you, you know, well, yeah. your head but in a positive way, because you could be deflated, like, oh, I'm done with music. And then you get to compliment or call like yours, like read like the interview. And then I'm like, wow, I mean, I'm, I'm better than I think. And I'm just so negative on myself. And I guess we're all our worst critics, right? So, oh yeah, uh, yeah, it's just a boost of five songs there. And if people find uh, my stuttering during this interview uh, hilarious. And if they find the music to be listenable, if people start to if I see those likes go up, it's obviously going to enrich me more. And the more you're enriched, the more effort you give these things, right? So right. I'm not saying that it's based on likes. I mean, that, that helps you know you're doing the right thing or it, help, it helps you understand that you're not wasting your time. The end thing is, is because it's a passion, in the end, if, if I'm getting two likes, I'm still going to put another video there as soon as that passion strikes me next week. So either right. way, I just want music to always be a part of me too. Pass it down to my kids. We have a daughter that sings, a son that sings, but he doesn't he doesn't like to do it publicly, but he does it really well. The youngest, the eight-year-old, he is very much an artist in regards of art, uh, clay figures. When I was a kid at eight years old, that's what I was doing. Like I, I was I wanted to have to touch everything, make everything, take it apart and put it back together. It just doesn't matter what I create. If it's anything, if I'm building a house, if it's a popsicle stick house, if I'm I'm sewing a pillowcase or making a puppet or using my voice. Yeah. I'm an artist. I just use various mediums at different times. Music by far is my favorite. But uh, you'll notice yourself too that, and it's why you're the jack of all trades, is that we have a lot of things. We have a, we have a lot of these passions, I guess. There's one that's going to take up your life like music, but uh, we'll fluctuate between all the rest. I, I have a song that's done. I'll probably... Uh, share it with you. I wrote it for my wife. Uh, 
many, many years ago. Some of the lyrics, it's very basic. And the song was written very fast because it just was like, you know, do you know what I know, what I feel when I look in your eyes? It's a feeling my loneliness is gone. Somehow I'll love you always forever. Look in my eyes and you'll see in life you are meant for me. But when it, once it gets into the last chorus, it, it sort of reverts the words a little bit. And it's like, in life, I'm meant for you. The way it flows. And it's just a lot of people have wow. really complimented me on that. Mm-hmm. My cousin who's a singer. She's like, I want to do that. I want to do the song you wrote at this performance tonight. I'm like, okay. Oh, wow. So, yeah. So, I'm, you know, that's, that's, that's what I'm working on. I'll probably let you have, have a first listen to. Maybe. We'll see. Oh, and that's the stuff that I want to record. That's the stuff that... That's the music. I want someone to get from my music what someone gets from Justin Fustin Phil's music. My music's going to be different, but I, I want someone to say that, you know what, when he wrote that, I know that that's real. I just don't want no lyrics that rhyme for the sake of rhyming, you know? Right. And I mean, that's how a legacy is created. It's something that's true, real, and straight from the heart. If you just create music without the emotion, rarely does that become something that is left after you're gone. Very true. I did Broken Resolution as a podcast, the backstory of it. And I actually kind of mentioned that, like how that that song brought so much emotion. And every time I played it, I would sweat, I would shake. And at the beginning of this year, I released that song. That was my first one. I did the backstory on it. And the song is also like available on Spotify everywhere else. I'm very, very not happy with the way my voice sounds when I sing. So I'm working on that. That's two of us. I put up a video. I leave it up for 30 minutes. I take it down. And I listen to it. I I have my wife listen to it. She says, Michael, that's perfect. And I listen to it and I materialize sounds in that in my own head and i take it down and i'm very comfortable no good decision then i go back a week later and i'm like there really wasn't anything wrong with that exactly and that's the thing like i released broken resolution and i really wasn't happy with it i just but i pushed myself beyond my comfort barrier to literally solidify it out to the public i couldn't take it back i mean i could but I'm paying money to put it out there. So (laughs) I put it out there and I think it was maybe a week or two ago, I re-listened to it and I'm like, you know, it's not really that bad. It's not as bad as if I had made it out to be in my head the first time. I don't think it sounds professional, but it wasn't the ear bleeding sound that I thought it was whenever I first released it. listening to yet another episode of the real paul show we hope you enjoyed it be sure to subscribe on your favorite podcast platform so you don't miss an episode and remember do what you love with no regrets